Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. Join us each Thursday as we share the terrifying tales people have sent to us from all over the world. He started saying, I don't want to go upstairs because of the ghosts. The ghosts are up there. Ghosts and goblins. Bigfoot and UFOs. Doppelgangers and those tricky glitches in the Matrix. We've got them all. I hear my sister on the top phone say, Ashley, you could see pieces of her hair being twirled in thin air. And just so you know, you can actually listen on our website, hauntedaf.com, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Really, it's wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. The DJ was taking call after call, and people were talking about seeing this green thing in the sky. But yeah, there was this glowing ball. And once you've listened to the show and gotten properly freaked out, then you have to send your scary stories to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com so we can share them all on the next Haunted AF. Hey, queens. Are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture, relationship, and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the Lurker Mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon Discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist-themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS Podcast Queens live as well as submit stories for our Rose Discrope Queen and Gnosis discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Hey, Queens, FDS is taking a little break this week. So enjoy this bonus content from our Patreon called 40 Years a Neat Reflections of a Stay at Home Son. For our Patreon subscribers, we will still have bonus content up on Friday. That's on patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Enjoy. Welcome to this week's bonus content. Hello, hello, ladies. Who are we dragging this week? Who is our victim this week? So after the during the dog walker takedown, I was browsing Reddit and I came across what I actually think is probably one of up there with one of the most infuriating subreddits on Reddit. And it's called the uh, not in education, employment or training. And they call it NEAT for short, N-double-E-T. And uh, neats for sure. And it's, and it's basically a, a subreddit, uh, full of people who have chosen not to be in education, employment or training. And they want to, to live that lifestyle literally until they dropped it. Are neat. So basically, yeah. It's worse than anti-work. It's worse in than my anti-work, opinion. Yeah. 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 Anti-work has become like a generalized labor movement with the exception of the <laughs> ill-named and, uh, just ill actually in general ill-existence of Doreen the dog walker. <laughs> we mentioned the concept of neat on that episode, the female political strategy episode we did on Doreen. And a lot of people were asking about it. Like it's basically a group of men, generally men, and it's overwhelming men. Like, like uh, Savannah said that they just don't do shit in life. They just have like, <laughs> they don't do shit and have like zero desire to. And they formed a little club on Reddit because of course that's where all the useless males congregate. <laughs> Perpetually online useless males. And it's not even just online. Like in my personal life, I've, you know, volunteered at like homeless shelter for a number of years now. And we see this all the time. You know, there'll be, you know, like healthy men who were getting sick notes from the doctor. Because basically in the UK, if you get a sick note from the doctor, that means you don't have to look for work. But it's like they can smoke weed all day. They can drink all day. But for some reason, they're unable to work. It's bullshit. They're just lazy. So we thought, okay, okay. So... Savannah shared this subreddit with me and immediately I went uh, sort by top posts of all time and their top post of the subreddit is just a chef's kiss post and so we wanted to read that for you today and react to it and just drag the absolute fuck out of it because honestly after reading this post I'm like this is what's wrong with men nowadays okay so the title of the post is today I became a 40 year old virgin neat some reflections on my life so far I just turned 40, so I've been a neat for over half my life now. Never had sex with or kissed a woman. Never had a real job either. I want to talk about my life a little so younger neats know what mistakes to avoid. Please change your life while you still can. You don't want to turn out like me. I cry every day because I'm so depressed. I hate myself. I wish I could have given a shit when I was younger. 
Feel good, uplifting, happy post, Lilith. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to cheer you all up. Okay. No, so, I mean, I'm just going to walk you through my emotions. Reading. Okay, so not going to lie. First paragraph, I actually kind of feel bad for this guy. I'm like, oh, like, that's really terrible. Like, unless the person deserves it, I'm not the sort of person to just enjoy another person's suffering. But then as the post goes on, you realize, okay, he does deserve it. So, <laughs> there's that. Okay. So, he continues. It all started when I dropped out of high school. I was 17 then and had just one more year to go. I was being mercilessly bullied and started skipping school because of it, so I had to repeat a year. I lost all my motivation. I had a dream of being a scientist, and I knew I needed a high school diploma for that, but I hated being made fun of and bullied so much, and I gave up on it. Oh, that's sad. Like, that is sad. Yeah, that's sad. It's terrible to be bullied, you know. Teenagers especially can be really fucking mean to each other. So, again... So far, I feel bad for this guy. Um, That summer after dropping out, I stayed in my room and got sucked into the internet. These were the early days of image boards and BBSEs. I don't know what that... What's a BBS? Let me Google this, actually. Bulletin board system. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so like the early internet where it was just like free-for-all forums. Early days of image boards and BBSs, and I spent a lot of time talking to other neats on there. I got into EverQuest and spent hundreds of hours in that game. Oh my gosh. Wait, Ro, do you, what is EverQuest? Um, it was another like early internet game. I remember my, my brothers went through an EverQuest phase. Oh. Where oh. it was like, it was, but it was for children. So it's like Minecraft of the early 2000s? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was like, if I'm not mistaken, it was like uh, for children. <laughs> and it just got taken over by, it's like a, a a role-playing video game that doesn't ever end. Oh. So it's called EverQuest. Is it like a, what's the world, like an open world game versus like a, okay, I'm looking at it. Oh yeah, multiplayer online role-playing game. Okay, cool. I think South Park did a pretty funny episode about it where it was a bunch of kids playing it and then they kept getting beat up by some, yeah, some neat, some like... Some old, weird old men. Yeah, some middle-aged, overweight guy living in his mom's basement covered in Cheeto dust. Like there's, it was actually a whole trope in a meme for a while because like the kids wanted to play and they could never play because the middle-aged needs would just like go around killing them and being dicks to them all the time oh okay and everybody being like now that it's jogging my memory i remember it being like a huge online controversy because it was like well the kids never get to have a good time on this game because the middle-aged losers keep taking it over so he was probably one of those. Well, to be fair, this guy, he's in his late teens. So he's not a middle-aged loser yet, but he is going to be one. So okay, he, this is his middle-aged loser origin story. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he spent hundreds of hours in the game of EverQuest, made lots of friends online. You know, he says, for the first time, it felt like I had a community. I didn't really know what to do with my life. My mom wanted me to take a high school equivalency exam and go to college, and I continuously lied to her that I would. Three years passed, I was 20, and I still had no high school diploma or job. My mom was getting sick of me and threatened to kick me out unless I at least started looking for a job. So I pretended to look for one. Okay, so this is where the waste mannery begins. Like, why are you pretending to look for jobs when... That's when I'm less sympathetic with him. Yeah. When you can just actually just look for a job. Like... Yeah. God. Like, the amount of effort it takes to pretend to look for a job is probably the same as the amount of effort it takes to actually look for a job. Actually look for a job. Right? Start saving effort. You know, it wasn't like you had to do, like, a five-stage process for McDonald's back then like you do now. Before, you could pretty much, you know, walk around town with your CV. Those are the days you could walk around your town with a CV and you could have a job by the end of the week. Shake hands with the manager. Exactly. Yeah. So... He writes, I didn't want to work in retail or a customer-facing job because I thought they were below me. I often find that, like, lazy people often think that, like, jobs are below them when it's like, yeah. no. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really bizarre. Hardworking people, they'll do anything just to bring in money or to work. But it's always the laziest people who have some sort of complex about working certain jobs. Yeah, that's, in fact, it was this moment in this story that I stopped feeling sympathetic for him. (laughs) Because I'm like, first of all, you're like 20. Okay, I worked in fast food. I worked in retail when I was in my teens and early 20s. Yeah, everyone's done a retail stint. Yeah, when you're young. You know, like, that's a coming-of-age thing. It's a rite of passage. It's something we all, you know, unless you're, like, crazy rich and, you know, you don't have, you literally don't have to work, right? But for most, like, middle-class or working-class people having a retail or, you know, customer-facing job is part of 
life as part. I think it's a really important part of like young people's development, honestly. So the fact that he's saying like, oh, I'm too good for like a retail job. I'm like, fuck you, double middle finger to you, because these are jobs that are important to society that need to happen, you know, and the people who do those jobs deserve respect. And especially when you haven't done anything, like, you know, let's say if you'd been working since you were 14 and you had qualifications and you, I, I mean, I still think it's a shitty attitude to have because like you said, Lilith, like those jobs are still important and you shouldn't look down on people. But I'd be like, okay, fair, like you can do something else. But you've not, you've not worked a day in your life at this point. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't worked a day in your life, no job is below you. Like, you're actually below that job. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if you've never had a job, yeah. a fast food job is actually above you. Like, know your fucking place. <laughs> I, and the weird thing is, like, I've definitely seen this attitude among some of my own male relatives where they, yeah, they don't have shit, but, like, because... You know, my grandmother worked hard. My grandmother worked hard and my grandfather worked hard to provide like a semi-comfortable lifestyle. They think that any uh, lifestyle below that is beneath them, but they don't have shit, right? Like they don't have skills. They don't have a job and they're just going to leech off my, I have some cousins like this, um, unfortunately, like who are just going to leech off my grandmother probably till she dies. <laughs> like, and they're just like, oh, that's so sad. It's like elder abuse borderline, like financial elder abuse. I mean, it is. And like she, I mean, she's on, I mean, she's retired now. And unfortunately my grandfather passed. I know she has some, some life insurance money. So she's not like, she's not, they're not rolling in cash, right? Like they have a comfortable life. They both work working class job back, you know, when you could make a comfortable living and buy a house on a working class job. So like, they're not, they're not rich by any means. And they also worked working class jobs. So the fact that some of my cousins think they're above it because of the fact that, my grandparents made a comfortable life for themselves. It's just absolutely disdainful. That makes me angry because I have to fight my grandma not to give me money. Um, mm. Like there, there are so many times where she'll be like, or if she knows I'm struggling financially, she'll offer me money. She's a very generous, very kind, very loving person. And I don't want to take advantage of that. Uh, yeah. I do have cousins who do take advantage of that. And it does kind of piss me off. Yeah. Like I'd rather just blow through my entire savings than, um, you know, I, I, I basically, I have to get to a point where I'm like really, really desperate before I'm willing to accept money from my grandmother, even though she's not struggling financially. It's just a pride thing. They're also like elderly too. It's like, she needs it for her retirement. You know, she's earned it. Exactly. <laughs> like they, my grandmother keeps talking about moving, but she knows if she moves, then she doesn't know what the hell is going to happen to a bunch of my freeloading ass cousins and and some knuckles for that matter but yeah but yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so let's get back to the story yeah because i yeah there's a lot to get through in this episode okay so he says yeah so i I thought these customer facing jobs were below me in the back of my mind i still thought i could become a scientist if i just applied myself and took some tests to prove that i was a genius biological delusion as Rose said (laughs) yeah biologically delusional exactly no way he didn't (laughs) this is an example actually of narcissism again delusions of grandeur that's a narcissistic trait (laughs) okay man did you watch like one of those hollywood movies you watch like goodwill hunting or something and think it's not that i'm underqualified and awkward and socially weird it's that i'm secretly a genius oh no i'm secretly a genius yeah (laughs) oh no (laughs) he writes i had all these crazy chun bu what's the fuck what the fuck is that c h u n n b i y o u what the fuck oh wait it's c h u u n i b y o u it's a type of it says uh chun bio a japanese a japanese colloquial term typically used to describe early teens who have grandiose delusions, who desperately want to stand out, <laughs> and who have convinced themselves that they have hidden knowledge or secret powers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, like, people who watch too much anime, and they think, oh, my gosh, I'm the main character here. Um, yeah. I have, like, a secret power. I just, you know, I haven't had my mentor come up to me and tell me I'm the chosen one yet. Yeah, apparently this, it's a derogatory term that they, like, call a lot of these neats. Okay, okay, yeah. Chunbi. <laughs> so as a Japanese, <laughs> it's used to describe early teens of grandiose delusions. Literally narcissists. <laughs> They're convinced themselves they have hidden knowledge or secret powers. <laughs> Imagine there being, like, a term for that, because there's so many... There's so many people like that. There's so many Japanese boys sitting around like oh one day some sensei is gonna come to me and tell me i have magical power within me 
<laughs> then I'm gonna stunt on all y'all. <laughs> like I went, I went to high school in like a suburban area, is like 98 percent white people, and like these white boys who watch too much anime, anime would be running around during recess like Naruto, like. <laughs> With their arms behind their body, like, like, I have the power of God and anime on my side. That kind of kid. Oh my gosh. I had all these crazy Chinbyu ideas about my own intellect, and I believed that I was a hidden genius of some kind that other people could not see, but that I was certain I had it within me. I believed I could do anything if I just stopped being lazy and set my mind to it. He's not wrong, sure. Except work a job, a basic retail job. I believed I could do anything if I just stopped being lazy and set my mind to it. Correct. That is true. (laughs) But the thing is, you have to stop being lazy. And here's the thing, like a smart, even if he is smart, I mean, he's not, but if he was smart, intelligence without work ethic is like a bird without wings. Like you're just a fucking penguin waddling around being useless and shit. Okay. Like, and and here's the thing is even if you're not intelligent, if you're hardworking, you're actually in a better situation or more likely to succeed than an intelligent person who is lazy. Anyways. That's just my two cents. But anyways, I even thought I was some kind of chosen one, and that's why I was so different from the others, never had friends, and was bullied and made fun of. Thinking back on it, I want to cry because I was so deluded. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Yeah... This yeah, this is where some therapy would have been beneficial of some kind. No, he just needs to stop fucking watching anime and like I know animates Like it's it's like self protective narcissism, you know? Maybe, but I do know a lot of these kids who watch way too much anime or too much too many movies, and they think that real life is like movies. Like you know, you know, kids who like didn't really socialize with other kids or by hanging out with other kids, they never really learn how real life works. They think everything's like yeah. a movie. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get off the internet. So maybe like it's not even therapy. Yeah, it's like get off the internet, stop watching anime, go talk to some people. I know it's hard, and yes, you're gonna have some social failures and stuff, but you know what, like. You know, pe- people some- sometimes get all up in my Twitter mentions being like, oh, not everyone can have good social skills like you, Lilith. And it's like, you think I never failed? You think I never had awkward social interactions? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> like a lot of us extroverts learn by catastrophic failure multiple times. Right. Like <laughs> what matters is like having that social failure and then picking yourself up after and then keep trying rather than being like, oh, I had an awkward moment. I'm just never going to interact with another person ever again because that just solidifies your poor social skills. Exactly. And yeah, you don't even have to be an extrovert. You can be an introvert, but still know how to, um, to conduct yourself or, and also like, you, you know, these things are a skill as well. It's really quite annoying when people think that things, um, just come naturally to everybody and in a lot of cases that's not true yeah it didn't come naturally to me in fact my parents did a really fucking bad job socializing me because they were narcissists so i had to learn the hard way in like high school and in college how to be a human i had to self-socialize myself right and so yeah like i strongly encourage everyone if you have bad social skills if you're socially awkward if you struggle to connect with people like don't let that be an excuse to not connect, to not try, right? Like, yeah. it, it'll, it might be harder for some people than others, especially as we learn in this story, he, you, you know, we find out he's autistic, right? So it can definitely be harder for some people, especially if you're neurodivergent, but that doesn't mean that it's impossible for you to learn. It's yeah, very possible. Exactly. And like we said in our uh, our episode, I think about uh, how to make friends. Mm-hmm. Didn't we talk about that? We had a couple of strategies for people who were like socially awkward or um, even neurodivergent too. And also I think there are some tips on that in the actual autism episode, the episode we did with the autistic Queens. Yeah. There's some skills there that are very graspable for most people. And it just takes time and it takes practice. And I know it can be really scary, especially if like you have a lot of anxiety or you feel really anxious in social interactions. Like if you have a really bad social interaction, it can actually be low key kind of traumatizing, honestly, like, but it's important to kind of work through that and not let failure permanently destroy your life like that like in this case right yeah everything doesn't come easy to everybody so some people it's social skills is their struggle other people it's math you know what i mean like it's just (laughs) it's just one of those things you have to learn exactly be functional yeah so he says he continues after i couldn't get a job because i never looked my mom pulled some strings and got me a position as a cashier at a grocery store her friend that her friend was the manager of I shouted at her that night and said the job was beneath me, but I still went. 
Okay, first of all, fuck you. Your mom did a really nice thing for you getting a job. She yeah. put her neck on the line with her friend by getting you that job. Do you not realize that? I've been almost stung by this before. I'm very, 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 very hesitant to give out recommendations for Me friends too. and family. Unless I know that person is absolutely going to boss it, but I'm very, very hesitant to do it. Yeah, because it makes you look bad if you give a bad recommendation. It makes you look bad and they don't appreciate it. Some of them just do not appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like setting someone up on a blind date, right? <laughs> could be good, could be catastrophic. Yeah. But like, okay, so in my own experience with my own family, very similar reactions to uh, female family members trying to get some of the, uh, the neat male family members a job, um, in addition to them like deliberately failing the drug test, if there's a drug test for the job, like oh showing up, knowing they smoked <sighs> weed, you know, in the past couple of weeks, knowing they have a drug test on a certain date and still showing up and failing the drug test so stuff like that where they self-sabotage and they don't give a shit that it ruins the person's like reputation you recommended them as well like they don't give a shit about that yeah i mean i'm also pretty like i won't recommend a job um like i won't recommend somebody that i know for a job that i don't think they'll do a good job of um but fortunately i do know a lot of really awesome people so (laughs) i mean like I wouldn't recommend like my shitty family members, but I do know a lot of really awesome, really based women, you know, through work connections and so on. And so just like a a little bit of a career advice there. That's another reason why it's important to, you know, make connections with other women, especially high quality women, because Mm. the job that I have currently, for example, I got from a former mentee. So those sorts of, you know, investing in women in the present can pay off in the future. So, but that's sort of off topic, but anyways, um, yeah, so he yelled at his mom for getting him a job. Fuck this fucking ungrateful scrote. Anyways, I was at the job for a week before I had a panic attack and broke down. After that, I quit. I felt naked and afraid of other people. I could fear them. I could feel them glaring at me. They knew I was different. They were judging me. I could not even look them. I could not even look them in the eye. I would get so scared if they tried to make small talk, and I never knew what to say. I would go to the bathrooms to cry. I always had anxiety, but three years of being a hickey h i k k i. What the fuck is that? Hold on. All these like obscure Japanese references. <laughs> okay. So Hiki, I'm not pronouncing that right. I apologize to the entire country of Japan. H-I-K-K-I. Yeah. So slang for a person who lives a reclusive life from society in their room. Oh yeah. The height. Okay. I know you're talking about. Uh, they actually did a long documentary on YouTube about uh, the Hikikimori. Oh yeah. I think, and it's like, they're also called Heike or, but it's like, it's boys who are recluses. Oh. And there's a huge problem with it in Japan, actually. That's very weird. Yeah. Anyways, being a hickey neat had made it so much worse. I forgot how to talk to people. I mean, this paragraph, I kind of, again, kind of feel bad for him, but again, it's like, you know, that's rough, but that doesn't mean that you should give up. It means you should keep practicing. Like, you know, just because something's hard doesn't mean that it's not worth trying to improve, right? Yeah, it's tough. Did this guy not have... He didn't make a single friend. That's what makes me kind of sad for him on one hand. It's like, he didn't have any friends from high school. Like, yes, people people are jerks and people try to bully others, but... Especially, like, the whole male pecking order thing is, like, sometimes groups of men, they'll find... Like, there will be sometimes groups of men when there's, like, one man in the group that's, I guess, uh, like, the one that they all pick on or whatever, the sort of, like, pecking order. He's at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Uh, That's unfortunate, and that's one of the reasons why men kind of suck. But, again, like, (laughs) maybe sucks to suck. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But it can also, I mean, to be fair, like, in high school, because I went to one that was really, really clicky, and I joined late. So if you weren't there by the time they were in seventh grade, because I joined in, like, twelfth grade, they'd all made their friendship groups, and everybody was nice to me. But it was really difficult to get in an actual and actually make like long lasting friends. But Mm -hmm. that being said, like high school is not the best years of your life. You can still make, you know, friends at work or, um, college, even if, but even if, even if you don't go to college, there are other ways you can make friends. It isn't like if you are the high school owner, you know, that's the way you're going to spend the rest of your life. Unless, unless you choose to. Well, it sounds like he made his friends from the internet, from other socially awkward losers. Like, yeah, I, oh, here, here's another thing, actually. Um, 
So humans, we're social animals and we're influenced by the people that we choose to spend time with. And so when all of the misfit weirdos get together, they tend to like make each other more weird. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, like, I, I don't know. There's certain online communities of just weirdos and they just perpetuate each other's weirdness. Like they'll even start to imitate, like if one person's weird in one way, they all sort of become weird like that. It's like a like social contagion, social contagion. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you're a misfit, I mean, yeah, you should find out, you should hang out with other people who are similar to you. Definitely. But like, try to broaden your, try to broaden your social circle such that you're including people that you want to be more like, because if you're spending time around people that are behaving in a way where, you know, if you were to behave like that, it makes your life worse. You know, you should want to have friends that make your life better, not worse. I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so he writes, fast forward three more years, I got an official Asperger diagnosis. This was when I started becoming more aware of women and wanting a girlfriend. I was always attracted to girls, but I never really felt lonely until this point. I thought when I became a mad scientist, I would get a girlfriend easily, but by now I had accepted that was never going to happen because I didn't have my high school degree. I, and also because as part of my diagnosis, I had to take an IT, sorry, sorry, I have to, okay, I have to have a straight face, okay. And also (laughs) because as part of my diagnosis, I had to take an IQ test and only got 121, which made me extremely depressed as I used to fantasize about my IQ being 160 to 180. I didn't know where to meet women. I didn't drink alcohol, so I couldn't pick them up at bars, and I was too anxious anyway. So imagine living your whole life thinking you're an evil genius, or not an evil genius, like you're going to be a mad scientist and you only got a 121 IQ. <laughs> yeah. Man. Imagine being this socially awkward and not even that smart. <laughs> Man, like... Yeah. Oh, it's just painful because it's like it's like watching a cra- train crash. Yeah, yeah, the hits just keep coming. Yeah, I feel like any time he could have got off this train. I mean, you can even do GED programs at night or G pro- GED programs, you know, in from your home. I mean, he doesn't have a job, so he could do it during the day too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You could do it online. Well, I mean, if you don't want to see people, if you're just scared to death of like running into classmates or anything, like even if you didn't. You had to like slowly work yourself up to get a job. Like he could have still been working on his education and likely not have to force himself with social interaction or be interacting with other people also getting their GEDs who might be in the same boat and made friends that way. Yeah. So there's just so many, there were so many exit points that he didn't take from this life. Yeah. Yeah. Due to sheer fucking laziness and delusions of grandeur. Anyways. This episode is sponsored by Ana Luisa Jewelry. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Hey, queens, Mother's Day is around the corner. Go to shop.analuisa.com forward slash female dating to get beautiful pieces of jewelry during their special Mother's Day sale at buy one, get one 40% off. And with their high quality jewelry at affordable prices, Anna Louise's unique designs will make you or the wonderful women in your life feel special and shine like the stars you are even if it's a bit late for Mother's Day in the UK. If you would like to get your hands on some fantastic carbon-neutral jewellery, then please go over to shop.annalouisa.com forward slash female dating. They release new jewellery collections every Friday, so there's always new designs. I love my temple green necklace. It's an elegant double gold chain with a malachite pendant. Make your mom's day by going to shop.annalouisa.com forward slash female dating and treat her to new jewellery pieces with Anna Louisa's buy one, get one 40% off sale that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. That'll be one piece for her and one piece for you. Anyways, I decided to find a girlfriend on the internet. Online oh, dating no. wasn't as big as it is today then, so I usually meet people on IRC. There was a girl on IRC. What's IRC? Hold on. Man, all these internet acronyms that only these neats know. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can tell we're not super online. This is like perpetually online, deep internet. Yeah. <laughs> the three of us, we're not super online. The fact that we have to keep Googling what these fucking words mean. IRC, Internet Relay Chat, is a text-based chat instant messaging system. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Okay. So I decided to find a girlfriend on the internet, online dating, blah, blah, blah. Met, met, meet people on IRC. There's a girl on IRC that I was really good friends with, and I had a feeling she liked me as more than a friend. We used to talk late into the night about games and anime. She wasn't bitchy like the girls I knew in high school, and she actually shared my interests. I actually fell in love with her. I had seen her photo, and she was cute, albeit in a handsome way. This detail is important. (laughs) 
She thought I was cute, too. One night, I built up the courage to tell her my feelings. To my delight, she said she had feelings for me, too. I was so happy. It felt like my heart was about to burst. I went and told my mom that I got a girlfriend, and she was proud of me. Aw. Okay. Uh, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Can't, can't hate on that. That's, like, that's a cute paragraph. But, um, I, I mean, except for the line, like, she wasn't bitchy like the girls I knew in high school. Like, men, like, the whole, like, oh, she's not like other girls. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, that's well, kind of... He's misogynistic. So the story continues. We ended up dating for a year. I offered many times to fly her out to my state, but she declined saying she wasn't ready yet. However, Hold one on night... a minute. Where's he getting this money to fly her out to the, to, uh, yeah. to his state? Where's he get, where's he getting it from? <laughs> so, from his mom. I mean, maybe the mom is thinking like, oh, it's going to be like fair failure to launch or whatever, where, you know, if he gets a girlfriend, then she'll motivate him to improve his life. Maybe that's what the mom was hoping for. Maybe that's why she was proud. But it just goes to show that if he wanted to, he would. He's willing to fly a girl out to his state, but he's not willing to get a job. Like if he wanted to, he would, even for yeah. men who were neat. If they, if they, <laughs> they want to, they want to. That's the thing. If they, if they want to see you, they will. So there's, there's They'll no find excuse, a way. ladies. <laughs> Even literal bums will find a way if they want to see you and take you out. <laughs> so, but she declined saying she wasn't ready yet. Wait, okay. So first of all, they've never met and they call each other boyfriend, girlfriend. And they're dating. That's like, okay. I don't understand the concept of like long distance relationships where you've never met. That's not a relationship. You're internet friends so in the early days of the internet i swear to god all yeah all the like creepy dudes who never got women to talk to them before suddenly had girlfriends like uh, yeah girlfriends that lived on the other side of the world oh she's in canada you wouldn't know her she's in australia etc and there was one guy in particular who had a girlfriend he would just send money to because <laughs> he's a fucking clown and, Queen. good for her no. no but what was yo yeah no actually good for her because the crazy thing let me tell you what this guy told told me where i was like i clued him in i was like you know every time you keep asking to meet her she keeps like crying and saying she's like uh has emotional anxiety getting on planes and yet you keep sending her money you might think that like you know maybe she's got someone else and i think there was some kind of evidence she even had a boyfriend already and then he was like no but she loves me etc and he was like convinced he was gonna get her to fly out to see him and then eventually go fly out to see her um and then uh she finally agreed i guess to be his like quote-unquote girlfriend um in exchange for money did i like screw up the story but anyways like she was he was basically fighting this woman <laughs> online for a while and like she didn't agree to be his girlfriend until he he started sending her money and then when i asked him about it and like clued him in that like maybe she's taking advantage of you he was like well it's okay so i'm gonna like flirt with this other girl i met online right and this other girl also started saying hey i can't see you but um i'm can you send me some money and then maybe we could meet up somewhere in between like where you live and, and i live and it's in australia and then he says to me like man i'm really excited because this might be the first opportunity i have to cheat on a girlfriend <sighs> so like he was really excited that both of his fake girlfriends existed even may or may not have actually been his real girlfriends because he wanted the opportunity to actually cheat on a girl because he's that big of a fucking loser and he deserves to get rinsed yeah he wanted to tell people he cheated on a girl because he thought that would make him look i'm assuming because he thought that would make him look more desirable to people instead of like a massive loser oh my god but oh my god i might have screwed up the story a little bit but essentially it was just like a bunch of fake like pretend girlfriends who were definitely definitely leeching money and then i ceased to feel bad for him when i realized like oh he's like he's loving the ego stroke of having yeah as soon as he's like oh i want to cheat on a girl i'm like yeah you deserve to get rinsed drain his bank account sis send in the cavalry yeah i stopped yeah i stopped talking after that i was like oh okay good luck (laughs) anyways okay so plot twist for this story for the neat However, one night, she wanted to meet me too, but she said there was something important I had to know. What is it? I asked her. You can tell me, babe. I love you. She said she was transgender. She said she had a penis. I was shocked. I felt so betrayed. I broke up with her immediately. Jerry! Jerry! (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this seems like it should be on, like, daytime TV. Whatever. (laughs) Somebody calls you up and is like, I have something to tell you. It's never good. It's never good. This is like, this is peak, like... Put her on Maury. Uh, 90s, early 2000s Jerry Springer material. <laughs> so, 
He says, I was shocked. I felt so betrayed. I broke up with her immediately and called her a sick, perverted weirdo. I also used the he pronoun to refer to her. She said she was crying and she hated herself for not telling me. She said she was afraid she would never get a boyfriend if she was honest. I blocked her and told her to never contact me again. I was depressed and started drinking after this. Okay, I honestly feel bad for the trans woman in this situation. Like, that was mean and uncalled for. I mean, yeah, I probably should have been upfront about that, but still. A year, though. But come on, you're with somebody for a whole year and you don't tell them? Like, come yeah. on, that is... I'm, I mean, I'm not excusing his behaviour, but something like that needs to be disclosed up front especially yeah, if you're like, going to enter into a relationship I don't know what she thought that everyone sucks here I don't, Yeah, <laughs> am I the asshole? everyone sucks here I'm not sure what she thought the end game would be like you're just going to see her dick and be like yeah cool like, I don't know yeah I have no idea what the trans woman here was thinking but it's like well you know the bro here didn't do his due diligence let's just say that's a pretty big deal yeah anyways i also often found as well that people who seem to jump on these online only relationships there was always a reason why they had to only go online it was never Mm -hmm. like somebody who could get girls in in real life you know they would get women in real life they're unlikely to go for this online haven't seen you for a year relationships i've never seen you before relationships they just don't do that I remember there used to be such a stigma against people who had to meet people online. It was only for losers when it came out. And this was why. It's because everyone else who could meet people in real life. Because they were losers. <laughs> yeah, they were losers. Because it was, uh, it was yeah. only... Because people weren't perpetually online yet. And it was only these people that used to hang out in these bulletin boards and chat rooms. And yeah. also like sexual predators, right? That would try to lure in teenagers. Yeah. So... um yeah, there was such a massive stigma against online dating that I guess is only it's I mean, there's a stigma now, but for different reasons that like existed because of the fact that it was only like the bottom, bottom barrel people, you know, <laughs> not, not the cream of the crop. Let me put it that way. That's yeah. a little bit nicer. Not the cream of the crop. He continues looking back. I really regret the way I treated her. I regret it more than anything else in my life. I'm so lonely these days. I would gladly take her company. In fact, I would worship her and treat her like a princess. I was so happy that year when I would stay up till three or four in the morning to talk to her. I felt so warm when she told me she loved me. I would get butterflies in my stomach. It felt like I was in a romantic comedy and I've never experienced that feeling again. So he wants her back because he's lonely. That's it. That's the thing. It's like reading that paragraph, I was like, so he doesn't, he doesn't so much want her because he liked those quality, like of any qualities that this trans woman had. It was more like, oh, I'm, I realized I couldn't do any better kind of thing, right? Like that's so scrody. Yeah, I'm alone. Yeah. Yeah. So time started moving really fast after that. Subjectively, the next five years felt like one year and I can't remember much about them. My mom was diagnosed with cancer and I hired someone to take care of her because I was too busy drinking, gaming and fapping, which is all I did. Where's he getting this money from? Where's the money? Yeah. And then two, he so he did start drinking because he said he didn't go to bars before because he didn't drink i guess he started drinking to cope with his shitty life but this is another thing is like the whole the idea of having a stay-at-home son that um doesn't take care of his mom you know it's like how many there are so many women who live with their parents and their mom and they the daughters usually take care of the parents and the sons just don't like yeah you know like that's just like so he's a leech basically um he's so so much of a leech he can't even take care of his mom with cancer like that's why again less my sympathy meter is drastically falling yeah um yeah so too busy drinking gaming and fapping he says i was depressed and i use that as an excuse to never try to change i'd get up at 2 or 3 p.m and stay up till 5 or 6 a.m drinking gaming and fapping ironically i started getting into transgender porn i think it's because i got bored of normal porn and i and it didn't arouse me anymore my alcoholism kept getting worse he's a full-on coomer it's like this yeah this is the criticism of a lot of porn is that like it can be not just addictive to guys but that it just changes their baseline level of sexual attraction that gives them um they want more and more unusual things yeah seek out more extreme things in order to get aroused and it's not healthy for them and definitely not for society I do think it's hilariously like this sort of bitter irony that he broke up with the only girlfriend he's ever had because she's transgender and then he ends up getting into trans porn yeah all these exit ramps he missed (laughs) (laughs) so so many decisions he could have made differently that could have made his life better and he just didn't make those decisions so again 
minimal sympathy. So he writes, the year I turned 31, my mom died. I got so depressed. I became a full-time alcoholic. I would drink till I passed out. And when I was hungover, I would drink so it would go away. I walked around naked in the house I inherited, carrying a bottle of booze and pretending I was a character from an anime or a game. <laughs> Just want to pause. So again, like even at like rock bottom, I mean, it gets worse actually, but right now I would consider this rock bottom. So even rock bottom, he's still fantasizing about being a main character. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, I spent man. the rest of my time <laughs> the rest of my time I spent jerking off. I developed all sorts of weird fetishes, including feet and armpits. And I even started jerking off to gay porn because straight porn didn't do it for me anymore. <laughs> After almost four years four years of this lifestyle, I managed to seriously damage my liver and I had to go to the hospital. Oh no. Oh, Jesus Christ. And he and he still did this after, you know, his poor mom, bless her soul, passed away. Yeah. And he inherited a whole house and he's still this useless. Like, yeah. And this and this just goes to show, like, when people say, right, we need to give um, you know, people who are homeless or down on their life, we need to just give them more money. That's a very simplistic view of looking at it. For some people, yes. Giving them more money and resources will help. But for other people, they it's just not going to help. There needs to be a bigger intervention. This guy needs more than money to get him out of, you know, whatever hole he was in. Because it clearly wasn't the problem. The problem was, I guess, in his case, it was his mindset and his, you know, lack of drive and clearly some, you know, past trauma from high school that was causing it. But just giving people money is not going to solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah. He inherited a whole last house and he still did nothing. Yeah, he could have sold the house, used that to use that money to like I don't know, get a less expensive house or something, and then you know get his education. You know, gone back to school. Like even people who work hard, like they, you know, not everybody is in a position to inherit a house. Like he was in a very, very good position at the time his mom passed yeah. away financially, and he's still pissed up the wall. Yeah, it continues. He says. At this point, a distant uncle from my father's side of the family heard of me and paid for me to go into a special rehab program. Here I spent a year and a half getting sober. I made a few friends, but we weren't especially close. They had more interesting lives. They all had girlfriends or wives. I had nothing going on. I had nothing to talk to them about except for alcoholism. By the way, I'd fallen out of touch with my online friends many years ago, so these guys were my first friendly contact in years. Can't you just make new online friends? Yeah, aren't um, like seems, sorry, I know that seems weird. Isn't it super easy to make friends online? Like Yeah. Not to have like a let them eat cake moment, but it is super easy to make friends. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like how do you how are you so antisocial you can't make You can't even make online friends. Friends online. Online friends. Yeah, this is bad, man. Yeah. First of all, I want to say this guy's actually extremely lucky, first of all, to have a mom that supported him financially all these years who could get him a job that he could inherit a house and savings from, and having an uncle on his father's side. Like, this guy's in a semi-privileged situation. Like, there's a lot of people who are in his situation who, or there's a lot of people, if they were in that situation, they'd be homeless right now. Right? Yeah. Like, he's got so many people in his life. Even though he thinks he's super alone and has nothing, he actually has like people in his life who are you know saving him from the consequences of his own bad choices and and some people who study the homeless will note that a lot of people become a lot of men especially become homeless because their female caretaker dies usually their mother or their sister or they piss them off so much other or they burn their bridges they burn their bridges right they piss them off so much that they no longer allowed to live with them and so it's like They have options. They just don't choose those options, which is a mental and emotional problem. And it's not always like as simple as like, oh, they have a mental illness. Some of it is like, like extreme delusional narcissism that they're like special somehow. Honestly, this might sound, make me sound like a terrible person, but I think men like this can't be saved. I think the only thing that can be done about them is just to allow them to perish on their own time. I don't believe we should like going in like obviously we shouldn't slaughter people for being like this but like they're going to just not reproduce because again they don't have the drive to find a wife they're not gonna have kids and i think it's just better if their bloodline dies out honestly that's just probably the best thing for society the thing is it's like yeah what would what else are they gonna do a lot of these guys will just commit petty crime so they can go to jail for a little while and get three squares a day you know what i mean 
It's like, there's just no... Honestly, and that would be, like, a better situation for them than whatever the fuck this is. Like, um, yeah. No, no, I don't know. The thing is, is, like, people only want to... Im- people will only change or improve if they want to change or improve. And men like this, they do not want to change or improve, right? So they won't. <laughs> right? And if there's, and also if there's a big enough like consequence as well, like another, I guess, criticism of the homeless hostel that I worked at anyway, and I think others as well, is that there was just no consequence if they didn't show up to their support sessions, if they didn't get a job, you know, sometimes like the hostel would even like collude with them to, you know, they'd be working, but still be claiming benefits, which was illegal. There was no consequence for them. Yeah. And it even got to the point where it was actually detrimental and self-destructive to their own life, but they just didn't see a big enough need to change. Like They'd always complain, I've got no money at the end of the month, but they'd never think, actually, maybe I should get off benefits and get a job. They'd never think that. Yeah, again, like these people, this type of person, I mean, they don't want to change. They don't want to improve. And if they don't want to change, they won't. Yeah, there's a lot of men like this. Too many of them like that. I've come across a lot of them deeply entitled lazy and selfish right and this is why fds is i think the solution to all of society's problems maybe not all but a (laughs) lot of them because if women as a collective raise our standards and don't have sex with and don't have children with low effort shitty men you know men say oh there's gonna be a lot of single women at the end of the day who don't have kids well yeah i'd rather that than a bunch of women paired up with shitty men who will detract from their lives detract from their children's lives especially right so i mean it's probably for the best if men like this just don't have families like you know the only men who deserve to have families and kids are men who are going to model ambition drive and healthy relationship dynamics it's really tough because like because this is like the hardcore conservative argument that you guys are making right so and it's it's yeah, and I'm a, I used to call myself a Marxist. I guess I guess I'm a conservative now because no I'm kidding. <laughs> like the solution that conservatives have is like in t- in tandem to them telling these guys to get up and get their ass up and that they deserve to be at the bottom of the society is that like they think women should take a lesser role so that these guys can integrate. So like their solution is based on our oppression, which is like, well, they need to be motivated by the idea that they can get a girlfriend and they can get all these kinds of things. And I'm not sure where I stand on any of this. I'm just pointing it out because I don't... No, I think women should work and have our own... uh, Women's quality of life should already be high and then the standards should be high for women so that, like, again, men are like, "Mm, like, there's so many men that aren't going to meet that standard. Good. (laughs) That's the whole point. (laughs) Only the best quality men should be allowed to have families. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I hate to sound like a conservative talking head, but I'm not really coming at it from any political angle. I'm coming at it from a, you know, I guess like a pragmatic and a lived experience angle. And everyone else who works in the hostel, they they think the same as I do. And they're definitely not like Tories or uber conservative. They just had years of experience with dealing with these kinds of like primarily men, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Because it's especially my um my friends or relatives who've worked in like yeah, public facilities or whatever. You just start to understand that the so- half the time the sob stories that are presented are not true or greatly exaggerated because these people fundamentally don't want to ever have to take responsibility for their own lives or their choices. And it can, it can be pathological. Yeah. And it's not to say that there aren't like systemic barriers for people who are low income or people who come from certain like marginalized backgrounds and so on. Mm. Those barriers definitely exist and it definitely makes things harder. Um, but the thing is, is like, you could have all the privilege in the world. Like this guy, he has a fucking mom who takes care of him, got him a job, an uncle who paid for his rehab. He had all these privileges he had all of these privileges and he still chose not to take advantage of that and still chose to fail. It's it's not a case of trying and failing. It's a case of not trying at all because you think you're entitled to better that you've never proven to anyone that you deserve. Exactly. Like this is a man who actually has a lot of things going for him in life and he chose not to take advantage of them. And he just chose to like be a lazy piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, like, what can you say about that? Like there's no systemic barriers keeping this guy from succeeding. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's why a lot of work. I've noticed a lot of working class people too. Like, it's very split when it comes to this subject, and um, because of the fact that like you, all of us can name some bums 
in our family where like who don't even try they just don't want to do shit yeah Yeah. and they don't even try and on this you know and on the other hand especially if you add things like racism etc like but there's just a lot of guys that just see like well everything's racist or everything's like like oh uh uh, this job is beneath me i'm in a career etc or i'm going to be a rock star or whatever they think they're going to do i'm going to be a rap star and they you know they they put one song on soundcloud and then don't do shit and then Mm. they're like oh well i tried yeah (laughs) not hard enough motherfucker it's weird yeah another thing is is like it it also sort of links back to the idea when you know men say or men age like fine wine my best years are ahead of me it's like well possibly but things also get a lot harder as you get older like i know people who said i'll go to uni when they were 18 you know they're now 30 and they still haven't gone like you have to you know sometimes you have to maximize the opportunities that you get as a teenager and as a young adult because you literally won't get them again like life tends to get you know more complicated more difficult the older you get yeah inertia also sets in right like this guy the fact that he was so sedentary perpetuated his own sedentariness if that makes sense you know yeah it's a cycle like when you have no momentum there this is the reason why literally every religion hates laziness and sloth yeah (laughs) i think it's like every religion and every culture throughout all of history every religion every philosophy yeah it's like there's just this absolute antagonism towards anybody who's lazy and i think it's because of the fact you can see that they don't do anything and then they just become a leech right and it's not even a leech because they can't it's because they don't yeah i feel bad for his mom like she like like no woman or any like no parent deserves to give like like birth to a child that is that useless quite frankly like yeah he couldn't even look after him when she was sick because he was too lazy yeah like you literally had one job and you couldn't do it I love how we're, like, barely even halfway through this story. Actually, no, we're just over halfway through the story. We're already, like, dragging him, talking about philosophy, talking about society, marginalization, oppression, systemic barriers, and all that stuff. And we're not even halfway through this story. Anyways, so continuing on. Um, When I got out of rehab, I wanted to give myself another chance to finally get a job and get my life together. I tried really hard. I used my savings to get a suit tailored. I had a professional review my resume, which had nothing on it except my basic details. Somehow, I actually got an interview. It was for a sales position. Okay. I relate. Okay. Okay. No. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Okay. All right. Okay. It was for a sales position at a company that manufactured water coolers. When I showed up, the guy interviewing me was a 25-year-old who was the hiring manager for the whole firm in my state. He said he was intrigued by my unique background. Instead of work experience, my resume had a paragraph about how I got sober and was ready to reintegrate into society, and he wanted to hear more. So I told him the story of my life. It became clear he wasn't taking any of it seriously and had only called me in for his own amusement. Uh, the whole time, it looked like he was barely suppressing his laughter, and when I concluded my tale, he actually laughed for a good 30 or so seconds in a clearly... Damn. Mal- <laughs> damn. In, a clear- in a clearly malicious but weirdly jovial way, so I couldn't be clear if he was just joking around or intentionally making me feel like shit. It was probably both. He said he would call me back if they decided I was a good fit. I never got a call back, and since then I've never tried to look for a job. Years have passed. I'm 40. I'm living the same life minus the alcohol. And when I write about my life story, I don't know where I went wrong. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) There's so many places where you went wrong, my friend. So many places where you could have made a better decision there, buddy. Okay. Somehow it seems I just went wrong everywhere. Correct. Yes, that is the only correct thing he said this whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Every single thing. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) I don't even know if this will help anyone. Well, it's helping us because, I mean, we get to make some content out of it. Um, (laughs) I just wanted to get it out there. If it helps even one person, I'll be glad. Please let me at least be an example of what not to do. Don't turn out like me. My life is hell. Change while you can. And his username is Waste of Space 406 self-werewolves so accurate but you know like yeah. but you know um he's also still living off his mother's savings that he inherited bearing in mind she passed away like a decade ago can you imagine just how much money that she must have had if he's still living off it to this day yeah in the comments it's like how do you support yourself now and he replies my mother's savings that i inherited Jeez, it's so infuriating and it's like how much money did he inherit that he's not done anything with his life, you know? In a decade. He could have started business, could have gotten an education. It could, it could be life insurance, too. Like, if she died, she 
she probably had the foresight to take life insurance on herself to make sure her clearly dependent son wasn't destitute. Maybe, yeah. Um, I mean, again, she sounds like a relatively smart, capable, forethinking person, right? So, yeah, I don't know what happened with him. Like, a lot of people in this situation often blame the mom. And, you know, I mean, I don't know the whole situation, right? And yeah, there are moms that kind of treat their sons like a little prince and like never, you know, they don't try to force them to do the right thing until it's too late, you know, when they're like in their teens and 20s. Um, most, I feel like with men, all the socialization has to be upfront, like under the age of 12, because after the age of 12, they stop giving a shit about what you think. Right. So, I mean, there could be that, but in this situation, it sounds like she did the absolute best that she could and he still turned out a fuck up. Right. So I blame yeah. him. I mean, someone even said, but honestly, I feel the worst for your mother. She probably died either hating you or blaming and hating herself for you ending up this way. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad. Yeah. Cause it's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, how do you put a boot in your son's ass if you're a mom? Like, because, I mean... Your adult son. Yeah. She tried. Like, it sounds like she she really did her best. Yeah. Like, some men, I don't know, like, things like ambition and drive are actually largely genetic. Um, unfortunately, like, it's... I don't know. Is it is it an Asperger's thing? Because I don't know enough of, about this type particular part. No, because they're, I, honestly, okay, okay. As, as I was reading this story and I was contemplating doing an episode for it, I was like, oh, are people going to get mad at us? Like, oh, you're just making fun of this autistic kid. No, there are plenty of autistic people who are hardworking, contributing, intelligent members of society yeah. who would not. It actually feels insulting to autistic people to say that everything about the way that this guy is is because of autism. Yeah, it's actually mm-hmm. offensive. Like nothing about being autistic means that you're going to turn out like this. And there are plenty of men who turn out like this who are not autistic. Okay, true. So true. I don't think the, the autism. You know, maybe it makes it harder for him to socialize. It makes it harder for him to do certain things, right? And I I empathize with that. That being said, the ambi- you know autism and, and ambition or drive have nothing to do with each other. Like they're completely separate traits. And so yeah, like. It's unfortunate, but there are some people that are just born or maybe maybe it's like 50% genetics, 50% socialization. I don't know. Could be nature, nurture. Um, but yeah, there are some people that just don't have drive, just don't have ambition. And I mean, I don't think they deserve to like suffer, but at the same time, it's like, come on, like you had so many chances, buddy. <laughs> you had so many things going for you. The other The other thought too, and this is again, like more the conservative argument is that like, this is why I feel like single moms always end up getting blamed because they feel like ah, if he had strong male role models in his life, he wouldn't have ended up like this. So we don't know anything about his dad. Mm. And it seems like he just had some distant uncle finally check in on him when he was like in a coomer stupor. His dad could have died when he was young. We, know, we don't know that. Yeah, we don't know what happened with his dad. His dad could have been abusive. We have no idea what that is. Yeah. Yeah, his dad could have been shit. So that like some of that too was like a big question mark too about like, yeah, what what's up with this dude's dad that he just abandoned them and let his coomer some just be like a perpetual coomer asshole. <laughs> let his coomer child turn into a coomer adult and now a coomer senior citizen. Like <laughs> now um, a coomer middle-aged man, yeah. Co- coomer middle-aged man and eventually a coomer senior citizen, because uh who are we kidding? Can I just say I low-key relate to the 25-year-old manager because I've been in that situation before. I'm like <laughs> I'm in my mid, I guess, I don't know, late 20s now, I guess. And yeah, I mean, I became manager when I was um, like 24, I think. So I was like quite young. And, you know, there have been times where, yeah, I'm like a really young manager. And then there's people on my team that are older than me and they think they're better than me just because they're older than me, even though they have like nothing to fucking show for it. Like they, you know, like they think just because they're older than me that they're the boss or, you know, think that they're entitled to shit. And they think, oh, well, you're young. Like, I don't know, just the way he said, like, this 25-year-old who's a hiring manager for the whole firm in my state, as if, like, yeah, so what? Some people are just really young and hardworking. Yeah, it seems weird he, the manager would call him in to waste both their time unless the resume was, like, a really a joke. Like, maybe the resume was really bad. Okay, first of all, like, I personally, and I've never heard of this, where, like, I if I saw a resume that I didn't like, I would just wouldn't call them, right? Most hiring managers yeah. won't like call these sorts of people back. Um, although there have been times where in my industry, again, sales, like it's really high turnover. I, you know, it can be hard to get staff. Um, there are a lot of summers where, for example, especially summers where we would just be understaffed and, um, you know, I'd hire like maybe 
less than ideal candidates or people without a lot of job experience and stuff. And there've been so many people that I've hired, uh, especially women where they didn't have any job experience because they were either like single moms or their, you know, their husband just died and so on. And a lot of these women ended up being great hires because, you know, they might not have much job experience, but they really had that drive, that motivation. They wanted to learn. They were really eager to improve and so on. Right. And so, and again, this is a very stark gender difference where, you know, women with no experience for whatever reason, they often end up great hires. Men, I've First of all, I I preferentially hire women in general, but I can't think of a single male employee I've ever had where I gave him a chance and he turned out well. Like, there was one guy I hired because he'd just gotten out of prison for, like, a drug charge. And, yeah, that's the thing. Like, (laughs) oh, that's another gender difference is, like, men who don't have any work experience, generally it's because they're either just in jail or they're like this guy where they're just lazy pieces of shit. Um, women who don't have any work experience, it's usually because like they got pregnant when they were really young and like, you know, it's not until their thirties that or forties that their kids are old enough and they can, you know, get work or their husband died or something like, or they have some kind of misfortune. Um, you know, I had a hire once she was like 50 and she was a housewife. She had no previous work experience. Um, but again, like she was a great hire because she really wanted to learn. She really liked working. She liked having her own money. Her husband had died. So yeah, I don't regret hiring at all. Debbie, she was a great lady. Anyways. (laughs) Um, and then men in that situation, they usually suck (laughs) again. So, and that's why I think discriminating against men at work is morally justifiable. Anyways. So this is a really sad, a long winding, sad tale. I relate to this hiring manager because I've been in that situation and yeah, fuck this guy. Um, I don't think he called him in to waste his time. He probably did call him to try to give him a chance. And then he probably, when he told his life story, it was probably like, I always knew I was the chosen one. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. And then the hiring manager probably immediately regretted giving him a chance. <laughs> and that's what he was laughing at. Yeah, I can see why you've never had a job, right? Um, but no, actually, the guy the guy I hired who got out of prison for um, for a drug charge, he actually was a pretty good salesperson. Again, drug dealing um, sales, it's like, it's a similar skill set, transferable skills, right? So um, he wasn't that bad. That was the one exception. Because yeah, drug dealers actually have to work. Drug dealing isn't exactly an easy profession either, so... Yeah, it's a sales position. <laughs> He had relevant skills. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would put that shit on my resume with no shame. Like if I was a convicted drug dealer, hell yeah. I'd be like, yeah, man, I used to be a street pharmacist. <laughs> you know what, though? Actually, I, another hire that I had that I absolutely did not regret was actually uh, an autistic woman. Um, and it's because of this woman actually that I have a sort of soft spot, soft spot in my heart for autistic women. Right. And she, again, I was kind of like wondering like, why would she apply for a sales job if she has, if she's autistic and hates talking to people? Um, but she ended up being, again, like she really, really improved because she really wanted to improve. Right. And she ended up being like, maybe not the best salesperson, but she was pretty good. Right. So Again, I don't want to blame his shitty behavior on the fact that he's autistic because there's tons of autistic people who are nowhere yeah. near as fucking shitty and are actually great people. So, <laughs> so yeah, I feel bad for this guy. Hopefully he gets this shit together, but who are we all kidding? You know what I just realized? This is the type of person... I'm going to look at his profile, see if he harasses FDS, because this is the type of person who would spend their entire day crusading against the FDS mods because they have nothing better going on in their life, right? Like, as FDS mods, they're... <laughs> Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, if he was at least out committing crimes, he'd be like, even though you wouldn't necessarily call it a quote benefit to society, he at least would have probably some kind of uh, support system somewhere because he'd go to jail and then he could like make some buddies in jail. You know, I don't know. Like, (laughs) well, it's not just that, but like, you know, I don't know. There have been so many times as FDS mods where we'd be in the group chat, like, who are all these people who spend like 16 hours a day harassing us? Like, do they not have jobs? They don't. They don't. They're like this guy. They probably hang out in anti-worker and neat. And then they're like, oh, you know what? I don't have anything going on in my life. You know what will give me meaning in life? Harassing these random women off of Reddit. Like, so, okay, can I tell you something funny? So I clicked on this guy's profile and wanted to see if he had any history of harassing FDS. He does not. Okay, so maybe this guy doesn't harass FDS. But his post one year after the one that we just read, title is, Lost My Virginity Last Night, Age 40. 
and it was removed, so I can't read the body of the post, unfortunately. But the comments, <laughs> top comment is, you fool! If you had kept your virginity until death, you would have been reincarnated as an isekai protagonist, and now you've lost your chance. I plan on keeping my virginity for the next life, where I'll marry a kitsune girl in the lands of Gensokyo. Man, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Weird internet sub neat subculture language yeah. and none of us understand. This guy and I'm gonna guess it was probably paid, even yeah. though the post is removed. That's likely the case. Yeah, someone just straight up said, I doubt it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Another comment. How does the pussy feel when your cock go inside it? <laughs> Oh, oh no. my god! <laughs> Honestly, like, okay, so if you ladies are still hanging around on Reddit and you ever get sad about the trolls in your DMs or on the post, this is what they are. So don't feel bad, ladies. Just don't, because high value men are not perusing the subreddit, getting outraged and making, you know, you know, making spin off subreddits or making YouTube videos, crying about our content. They're just not doing that. So yeah. Oh my god, I'm just going through the comments on this and like. Oh my god, there's so many bad comments. But this has been a long enough this has been a long enough episode. We're over an hour now. And um maybe yeah. we'll maybe we'll drag some more neat posts another day. <laughs> yeah, neat is um this is real sad. <laughs> They're on our radar now. They're on our radar, so Yeah, I just want them all to know that uh we don't feel bad for them. We laugh at their misery and I hope they continue to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh.